Welcome back to another Ghost Cult Podcast. I'm your host, Keepy. Today's podcast is an interview with Reka from Death Valley High. Check it out. Reka, welcome back from Death Valley High. How are you? I'm well. I'm hot. Uh, we're in Las Vegas right now and uh, posted up in a hotel where we can see the pool. So we're going to maybe uh, to explore that in a bit. You can imagine being cool in the pool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well... You know, it's a, it's a fine occasion. It's been, I feel like saying welcome back. It's been a minute since we chatted. It's been a minute uh, since the last record. And now we're on the cusp of releasing this new EP, Duel. Uh, the double entendre of Duel. So let's just jump into uh, why is now a good time for this fun and funky EP? Uh, now is a good time because we're, we're in between releasing some new material. And... Uh, and there's nothing better than to, to have something that's not really a full, you know, full blown release. Um, it's kind of like why we're calling it a mixtape. You know, uh, it's not, it's, it's still serious, but it's not as weighty as uh, releasing new uh, original material. Good answer. Uh, it's it's always a good step to have something like a curveball. Uh, Death Valley High, no strangers to covers. I personally love the Peaches cover. It was one of my favorite things you've ever done. But you don't. Wanna, oh, really? Cool. Yeah, you don't want to be a band that only is known for covers, and your originals are certainly you know awesome. And so, but we love. I love a, co- a good cover, especially uh, the Death Valley High, which is take on covers, which is never to do a co- like a direct clone of an already great song you always add your own stamp on it which i personally like yeah i you know as far as as, as doing a cover it's always fun um you know uh, there's, there's so many good good songs out there in the world and you're you know you might think they're your favorite or or whatever but if you're actually just going to put it out why uh, you know why stick so closely to the original um you know i, I hear a lot of that and um there's just I don't, I don't, I don't understand if you're not going to continue some sort of legacy with the song itself. You know, it's, it's, it's nice to hear refreshing versions of said songs. I don't know. Let's just take, I don't know, George Michael or something like that, you know, uh, you know, whether or not it's like faithful and, uh, you gotta have faith. Right. Um, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I don't even know how I even ended up there, but yeah. So there's Limp Bizkit doing that, right? Uh, George Michael. I'm pretty sure they did it their own way. Uh, it wasn't too fair. It was it was good enough, but it also continued the legacy of the song. You know, you've got the original version, which is wonderful, and then you've got another version, which is co- completely speaks to another set of people. So you've actually continued this thing. You haven't just copied something that's already tried and true, and uh, made it made it you know part of your career. You know. Uh, I don't. I don't understand why you would do something like that. It's it's more or less that you want to put your own personal stamp on it, continue the legacy of the song itself, not not just not just have for sake of of covering a song. Awesome. And if you didn't have a brand new EP to talk all about, I would be happy to do an entire podcast interview on George Michael and George Michael covers because that that could be. A thing. <laughs> I love George Michael. Yeah, that could be. That could be a whole episode of itself. Indeed. 
sad and rest in peace. Um, so yeah, great choice of covers. Let's let's if you don't mind, let's run them down and just get a little feedback on each one, like the mindset of you know what you love about the song and why cover it, and the collaborations. It's the other part of this dual uh, title, double entendre title. It's not just dual and duality and all kinds of things, uh, sort of a dual natures of the band, but also great collaborators on every track of the covers and and the remixes so let's let's just run down the covers if you don't mind humoring me yeah sure uh, and yeah, thank you yeah we'll do thank you we'll do each one here comes the rain with chris connolly which of course chris connolly legend of of industrial music and and rock and metal but yeah here comes the rain's the first one yeah um the whole entire ep i don't, I don't know there i feel or the all of the songs it kind of shows a, a person and a song that we didn't think would would be the the his choice, um, and he's got such a great uh, range that you know we thought he would be the perfect, uh, and each one of these people would be perfect for the song that we chose. Even though some some of the songs we it wouldn't even have been our first choice, we actually thought, hey, I bet you if we ask them about this particular song. They want to do it. So, and that's kind of how we approached each person. Um, so with Chris, uh, we, we knew that he would love singing an Annie Lennox tune. So, uh, and he did. <laughs> he was like one of the first people to contribute like uh, right away. Um, and it's, it just was a perfect choice, I think, for uh, that kind of pop, uh, electro clash industrial thing. Right on. Uh, I love the second track. Uh, right, Christian Death is one of the most underrated bands ever. And then Cavity First Communion with Chino, who's kind of like, I don't want to say a mentor to you or Death Valley High, but you've toured with Chino's projects and he's been kind of uh, an occasional force, you know, to the band. So that's a great, a great matchup there. Yeah, that actually came about, we were on the Crosses tour. And uh, it kind of gave us the impetus for this whole EP, uh, in fact, um, because the Christian Death tune came on and I ran, I ran over to it. I was like, yes. And we started singing it. We started singing the words together. Um, and, you know, by the, by the end of the tune, he was like, uh, we should do this on this tour. We should just, we should just cover it. We should do it on before the end of the tour. And I was like, done, done deal. Let's fucking do this thing. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh. and in fact, we should record it. You know, let's do it on the tour, but let's let's also let's let's record this thing. Um, and he was like, "Yeah, we could do anything, right?" So I was like, "Okay, I'm going to hold you to this because I have no idea if we're going to be able to." You know, we had five dates, maybe six dates together, and uh, this was the first night. And I was like, yeah, "I don't know, you know, things on tour." things don't happen quite uh, as loosely as like people tend to believe. Like we're, you know, we're relaxed. We're having a good time. A lot of times we're having to do, you know, uh, don't just or you jump on an interview or like, you gotta go, you gotta be somewhere or something, or you gotta go to guitar center. You have to do all these things with like in the, in the, in between shows. So, um, it didn't happen. And he got sick on top of it. He, he actually, he, his voice went out in fact. So there was no time to be like, hey, let's let's rehearse the song, you know, in between shows. Uh, so there was that whole other thing as well. And so I was like, well, we never got the chance to do it. I'm going to send you a rough draft of uh, of like version uh, of it, and let's see if we can do it. 
you know, let's see if we can get this together in the studio. And uh, I sent over a rough draft, a rough draft and um, he was like, I'm in. And send deal. So here it is. Send me, send me your tracks, and we'll we'll mix it. However, so oh man, it took forever for you know for him to have a, a minute, uh, oh uh, worth of piece to go to, to go hook us up. And uh, finally, when we did, I was like, you know, it's just a little too faithful. And honestly, if we would have done it live, it, it would have been faithful. It would have been the song. We would have just done it from you know from beginning to end. But. Uh, you know, after after sitting on it for so long, we thought, you know, there there's that whole idea where you you're not continuing the legacy of the song. You're just you're just putting your own, you know, you you're putting your own name on it. Um, and that was another thing. I was like, here's another version uh, of it, and uh, you know, I wanted to be respectful. This is pretty you know sacred sacred ground you're treading, and uh, he was he was like in it. He's like this weekend done deal. So we got it. We got. It. We finally got it all done, and I feel that we uh, we we did a respectful uh, uh, rendition of it. Nice, and coming right off the Karate Kid original movie soundtrack, "Cruel Summer" by Bananarama, another '80s gem of a track. Yes. So this is kind of a strange one. Um, <clears throat> we were in Berlin at the time, and we we were actually uh, meeting up with Hanin from Atari Teenage Riot, and. Uh, we were like, hey, so, you know, we, we have A, B, and C songs that we're thinking of that you could do. And it's kind of funny. One of them was In Excess, you know, um, and I, I can't even remember, recall the song right now. But uh, she was like, I don't even know that band. And I was all, well, okay, what about this song? Do you know that song? And she was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know that one. So when it came down to Banana Rama, we're like, hey, cool summer. Uh, she was like, oh, yeah, I do know this one. And so that's kind of how we actually went with it. And she put this really, you know, when we got the track, she, she did it pretty quickly too. But she put this really haunting, you know, style over the top of it. You know, she's known for her scream in Atari Teenage Riot. But um, she just gave it this haunting twist. So, uh, you know, we kind of had did the same thing where we was like, once we got the vocal, we kind of were like, let's rethink like how I would uh, – interact you know if we were both on the microphone together on a stage so i ended up doing more of the screaming on the track which is kind of the reverse of what we were thinking so uh yeah it, that one came out like way better than i had anticipated and um you know and especially since it was like one of the probably one of the last tunes that we thought what she would do because we were throwing her tracks that were that were done by men um, but then she went with the, with the female lead it, led one and, uh, but we, uh, you know, that you can hear it now. So badass, uh, love the idea of the early faith, no more cover the crab song. Yeah. And we had been toying with playing with the faith, no more song, um, for quite some time. Uh, there was a point where there, our record label was, was thinking of doing, uh, a faith, no more tribute album. So we had all these thoughts in our head, and I always loved uh, my one of my bigger influences growing up, Chuck Mosley and Faith No More. And uh, so a lot of those tunes are so emotionally charged. They're, you know, each one of them sound like he's, you know, he's writing about something, you know, going on in his life, which was, you know, uh, uh, always juxtaposed with like how they 
you know, put a hard edge to it. You know, Jim Martin put his metal guitar over the top. Um, huge influence on the band. Um, influence on, on this project, uh, definitely high uh, in general. But, uh, but yeah, going back to that, um, Ricardo Parasol, you know, she's a, a good friend of ours. And uh, I just thought one night after watching her perform, um, she was playing in SF. I was like, you know what? I have got to ask her if she would be interested in doing this song. Cause it is pretty, that's a, it's a pretty emotional song. It's pretty heavy. Um, and she's, uh, she's just dynamic with that. You know, we went in the studio, um, and she was like, how do you want me to do it? And I was just, like, I do it the way that, that you think, you know, like how, how, however you want, you know, and she just nailed it right off the bat. She's like, I was, I was thinking about doing this. And I was like, yep, that's exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that one fell together really well. So um, we're, and we're also just anytime that we can work with somebody uh, that's so different than us, uh, it's always a it's always a great thing to hear the end product. Killer. And then finally, of the covers, uh, Jump in the Fire, obviously the classic Metallica with uh, Spirit in the Room. Dennis is uh, the man. We love We love that guy. Yes, uh, we love Dennis and we love Spirit in the Room. Um, we had uh, <clears throat> we had this tune, and I don't know we we had a ha- we we actually gave the tune to a few people, um, and Dennis was the one to to come up to to the to the plate and swing. Um, we had Mark Osqueda from Death Angel was just like, yeah, send it to me, send it to me, send it, send it to him. Um, we had Dennis uh, from the Refuse. That was like, yeah, send it to me, send it to me. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll get into it, you know. And then we sent it to Dennis. He was the first one to do it. And we're like, sorry, guys, uh, but Dennis is awesome. Uh, and, and we got to do it with uh, with Mr. Sanders, Dennis Sanders. Um, and uh, what's great is is that his voice is, you know, so different. Uh, and I kind of, for the for the tune, I kind of James have filled out a, a little bit. Um and I hope I didn't do too much because the, the worst thing that we could ever do is, you know, karaoke out a, a song, you know, it's just not, not our intention. And, uh, when Dennis was sending me, uh, the tracks back and forth, he was like, I think you're kind of doing it this way. I was like, dude, just do it your way. Cause you don't, you don't need to match anything that I'm doing. But, uh, but he, he said it exactly how he would, he would have sung it, you know, if it was his tune. And, uh, I think that's what makes that one really, really special. Killer, yeah, we're big fans, and uh, I don't think there's one yeah in all of Jump in the Fire, so that's probably a good save. <laughs> um, that was before the yeahs started coming in live and on the Black Album. Yeah, then, uh, what is it, the ha-ha? <laughs> oh, there's one of those, yeah, but not too bad. And then the... Uh, oh, yeah, I guess you're right, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the rest of the EP is remixes of existing songs. I love Sunshine Cleaners and uh, and X-Witch and things like that, so it's cool that you got you also worked with additional, you know, Paul Wiley and Carlton Boss. These are names, you know, like you if you were picking people to remix your record, you would pick them. So, you know, just yeah, briefly, yeah, if you Honestly, we... Yeah, and in fact, um, we we chose them because they they were actually wanting to do it. They uh, it wasn't a thing where we where we picked out bands to say, oh, they have a name. Let's like uh, let's let's check them out. They, these are they actually came to us going like, I love your band. Uh, I want to do a remix, 
And luckily, you know, this was coming together. So we're like, like do a remix. It's, it's perfect, you know, that, that it would be you versus us, um, you know, and, and on the end product. So, um, and which is exactly, you know, it's, it's actually made us think that that's, we would like to actually do more in, in the future. You know, this one was kind of more 80s vibe. You know, maybe sometime when we, we have some downtime, let's pick out maybe some more friends and go do like a 90s vibe or something. You know, like it, it, it's been it's been such a, a cool process that, you know, it, it will never say never. Um, but, you know, it's it's possible. Uh, we might we might try to do something like this again. It's just so fun to work with friends and to work with people that that actually vibe your thing. So um, from 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 the the vocalists and the remixers, it's it's just this really cool thing to do with friends. Awesome. I feel like Death Valley High was ahead of its time on some of this '80s vibe, along with industrial and metal and rock and other mix. You know, like in 2019, it's a thing right now where some formerly sort of metalcore and punk bands are going '80s, right? J- dropping in the synths. They saw Stranger Things, and they're dropping in a lot of synths, and they're dropping in a lot of beats, and running away from rock and metal, which is fine because I love change and I love bands that change it up, and some of them are doing a great job. At it. I love the Bring Me the Horizon record. I seem to be in the minority of old metal dudes that love that band. But um, I feel like you got you've been doing it for a long time. This is not new. Anybody that's been following the band is gonna dig certainly dig the approach, um, and certainly dig the remixes because they just highlight some of that stuff. The danceability, the you know, the evil disco. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, like I said, you know, early faith no more was kind of a kind of a, thing uh for me um in in my musical you know when i decided I, I, this is i want to do music um with my life and um so they were a big influence just and that that whole like doom disco death disco thing that they were doing early early on is always just kind of that's why you know we kind of use that moniker now um <clears throat> but um you know they actually they evolved they became something else but i i, I guess i got i've been trapped a little bit um, we've evolved too, but, uh, and we, we incorporate the new, um, new production things and, uh, you know, tricks and, and that kind of thing like that. But, uh, you know, when, when we set up to a song, it, it tends to drift right back into, you know, at a comfortable place. And, uh, you know, when we, when we do things that sound thousand ish or the ops and, um, I, I feel like there still is that presence and we were, we were, I think we were in Texas one time, and a, a lady came up to me and was just like, uh, "I really love this whole vibe," and and it, yeah, I, I, it's very uh, flattering for you to say we're ahead of our time. I'm just waiting for, like, I'm hoping that people catch up because <laughs> I do feel like there is an audience. Um, when somebody comes up and it goes, "I totally get this," um, this is like everything I listen to except their talent's current, um, uh, and. Uh, yeah, like I said, thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, so hopefully you're playing some of these songs on the current tour, and hopefully there'll be some more tours coming up soon. We have, yeah, um, we've been kind of sleeping a little bit. Um, you know, we have, uh, we took almost like a year off before we did this tour that we're doing now, and um, we're not going to take that long again. We've 
he's already actually already got something uh, for the fall coming up, um, and maybe even for uh, winter, um, 2019-2020. Um, so you know, hopefully we'll be back out uh, on a full uh, U.S. or North North America tour by like let's say December or maybe January. But um, yeah, we are we are playing the we are playing Cavity uh, live the, the Christian Death tune <laughs> right now. Um, we think it fits uh, really well in the set, so <laughs> be watching out for that. Killer, Rake, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Love the new EP. Cannot wait to have other people hear it. I agree. It's time for people to catch up. They've been sleeping. It's time to catch up on Death Valley High. Duel is the EP minus Head Records coming out August twenty yeah. third. Thank you so much for your time and thanks for hanging out with Ghost Cult. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.